Hey guys, we're getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we're thankful you guys are here and that you guys have found the podcast. So before we get started, uh, really quick, I know probably the last, I'll probably say two to three, maybe four podcasts, um, we've really been uh, you know, pressing on, hey, reach out. You know, hey, if you need something, DM, message. Let us know what what can we do? How can we be of assistance? What what can we do for you? And you guys have definitely answered the call. You know, we've had DMs, we've had people uh, ask questions, we've had people uh, want to study, all these things. So if you're kind of on the fence of man, I don't know, you're kind of teetering, you won't be the first. You won't be the first to reach out, and and you're going to be entering into a, a family of people that want to grow and and we want a journey together. So please reach out, and we'd love to get to know you. And, uh, and and be a part of, of of your journey. Okay, so here's where we're going. I'm excited about today's podcast. Um, so let's kind of start this off, um, kind of with the illustration here as we kind of start off our conversation and study. So um, there's a story of two kings, and one king had done so much for the nation. I mean, he was he was basically exalted as one of the best kings they've ever had. But that king was getting ready to pass. And his son, being the prince, uh, he came to his father, knowing that his father is getting ready to pass. That king goes to his father and he says, man, I, I just don't want you to go. You know, you're, you're a better king than I could ever be. You're, you're more knowledgeable than I am. You know more. You've been through more. Um, I mean, you're, you're wiser. You're stronger. You're, you're, you're basically my better. And there's no way I can be what you are to this nation. I, I can't do it. And so the father being sick, the father listened to his son, and all he heard was all of his son's inadequacies. And he just sat there and listened to it. But then after his son got done talking, the old king said, I've sat here and heard you talk about what you're not, but you still haven't told me who you actually are and who are you. And the son said, I'm the king. So I want you to think about that from our perspective. Jesus, being king, died for us. And as he died for us, according to 1 Peter chapter 2, right, making us priests, a royal priesthood, heirs to the kingdom, as Paul mentions. So Jesus doing all this for us, being our king, and he dying for us. But sometimes, guys, I want you to think about where you are and where I can be too. Uh, as we're conversating on this today, in your prayers, to in your requests to other people, maybe even your prayers to God. How many times recently have you been praying to God and all you've prayed about is your inadequacies? You know, have you ever have you ever um, heard of the phrase "I'm just a, <laughs> I'm a just a"? Well, what is what does that mean? You you go to God in prayer, God, I'm just a single person. God, I'm just a single mother. God, I'm just a widower. God, I'm just this color person. God, I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm a just a person. That's all I am. But over the years, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, all these years, that's all we've told God. This is all I am. I'm just this. I'm just this. But God's saying this whole time in all your prayers, I've listened, I've heard, I got your tears in a vial, but all of these prayers, you've always told me what you're not. 
but you still haven't told me who you actually are. So that's where we're going with our podcast today, guys. And I hope that this can kind of help you and encourage you because I think sometimes we need to be, myself included, we need to be reminded of some things. And so there needs to be a level of encouragement here to be reminded, but there also needs to be a level of challenge to change the way we think moving forward, okay? So our topic is don't tell me what you're not. Tell me who you are. Don't tell me what you're not. Tell me who you are. And I really hope, guys, that this can this can help you and, and this can encourage you. All right, so um, let's look at Exodus 3. This is where we want to start. Um, man, I mean, there's so much to go as we conversate on this today. But, you know, I want you to think about Moses. Moses was a lot of things. Moses was a Hebrew. Moses was raised an Egyptian. And then Moses, Moses lived in Midian. So, I mean, Moses, there's a lot of parts to him. And in Exodus 3, he's 80 years old, and all this is happening, and now God calls him. And notice what he says in verse 11. Now, remember what we said in our intro as we kind of started our conversation. I'm just a this. I'm just a that. I'm just this. That's all I am. I'm just this. Now, what does God tell Moses to do? I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You go. You go do it. Now, watch verse 11. And Moses said to God, now, watch what he says. And if you're taking notes, highlight these little phrases and words because they matter. Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go forth to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children out of Egypt? Question. This is crazy. So now Moses says, who am I to do it? Then he says that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should be the one to bring him out. So all this time, Who's Moses really thinking about? He's thinking about himself and not what God can do. So when did God ever say that it was going to be out of your strength that you would take Egypt or the children of Israel out of Egypt? But what did Moses assume? I got to do it by my power, by my smarts. I mean, I know a lot. Acts chapter 7, verse 22, I'm learned in all the ways of the Egyptians. So, But you don't understand my failures. So who am I that I should do it? You know, what we'll do sometimes when, when the Lord, he's called us, guys, in John 15. He's called us to love one another as I've loved you. He's called us to go teach others how to do that. He's taught us to baptize in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But sometimes what we'll do, guys, is sometimes we'll feel like, man, I can't do that. Who am I? I really haven't, I really haven't loved that way. I've made mistakes. I didn't teach right. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. So who am I to take this beautiful message from such a perfect person? And I'm so imperfect and I'm so uh, I'm so flawed. I have so many mistakes. There's so much I don't know. Who am I to take that beautiful message and to help somebody else when I need the help more than anybody? Who am I? You know, sometimes guys will spend years justifying I can't do it. Who am I? Who am I that I should do this? But notice how God flips this on Moses in verse 12. And he said, certainly forget your eye and focus on mine. Certainly I will be with you. And this will be a token with you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. 
So Moses was telling God all of his inadequacies, what I'm not, what I can't be, what I won't be able to do. But then God flips it really quick on Moses and saying, I will be with you. You know the reason why, again, and we've studied this before, but the reason why we can do what we can do is not because of us, it's because of being attached to him. And this is the beauty, guys, because, and again, I've fallen into this too, and I, and I know you probably have as you're listening and as we're conversating today. But so many times what we can do is we'll kind of compare ourselves and our quote-unquote impact to what somebody else's impact could be. Man, I, I'm just this, so I feel like your impact would be better than my impact. So we'll downplay who we are in Christ because of what the world and what we've been taught of who we are. But what we've forgotten is the same thing that Moses had forgotten. Moses is not you. It's actually you need to be connected to me. That's how you can do this great work. So now remember in John 15, if we abide in the vine, then abiding in the vine, what does Jesus say? You as the branches, you can do nothing of yourself. Now, as we look at this, here's the beautiful thing about it. Don't tell me what you're not. Tell me who you are. So it's very, very interesting how God had to let him know, Moses, what I'm calling you to do is actually not even about you. I just want you to trust in me that I'm with you. So whatever the Lord calls us to do, we have to trust that the Lord is with us. So then notice what he says. Uh, Look at verse number 13. Then Moses flipped it back on God, and he said, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, you notice Moses still hasn't got it yet. Moses said, This isn't a wee thing yet. When I come. So when I come to the children of Israel, and I will say unto them that the God of your fathers, not mine, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, What are they going to say to me? They're going to say, what is his name? Then what will I say to them? Look at how, as you break this conversation down, look at what Moses is doing. So what will I say? What am I going to do? Then after what I say, then what are they going to say? So you know the reason why as well, guys, as we kind of pull some application out of here from Exodus 3, don't tell me what you aren't. Tell me what you are. Another reason why we won't do what the Lord wants us to do is because we're too focused on what we believe others think we are. There's here's something, and I want you guys to file this. You may not understand this now where you are in life, but just file this and and remember this. No matter where you are, past, present, and the future, when you work for the Lord, somebody always has something to say. Okay. Somebody will always have something to say. Big name, no name, small name. Somebody's always got something to say. But here's what I want you to remember. As you serve God, are you going to listen to what others have to say? Or will you listen to what God has already said? All right, I don't want you to miss that. Are you going to keep listening to what others already say? Or what others already say? Or are you going to listen to what God has already said? So the reason why some of us have quit, stopped our servitude, really stopped loving God the way that we should is because unfortunately, and I say that heavily, unfortunately, 
we've allowed what others have said or think about us to stop us from believing in what God has already said about us. So there's a lot of older brother syndrome going on. Luke chapter 15. Lord, why are you accepting them back? They were out doing all this. I stayed here. They actually should have been living like us the past five, 10 years. So why are you accepting? And why should we accept them back? I didn't leave the commands. You didn't do anything for me. They need to, they need to live the way I've been living. Hmm. What are they going to say? What are they going to say? And what are they going to say? So many times, guys, we look, we look so much at our inadequacies rather than looking at who we're connected to. And I've, I've fallen short in that too, as I know you probably have too. You look so much at what others believe you can do, your credentials, who you are, your potential, your ceiling, your, your knowledge, where you've gone, where you, you look so much at, at what everybody is saying rather than looking at who you're connected to. So going back to John 15 quickly, look, look at this because I want you to read it. And again, I want you guys to gain this confidence in what God has already said rather than what people are saying, okay? So John 15, keep your finger there in Exodus. So look at John 15, um, verse 4. Abide in me, then I'll abide in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So what is, what is God trying to teach Moses here in Exodus 3? You keep saying you when I go, when I say, what will they do? What, what am I going to do? Who am I? Moses, you keep focusing on you. But I want you to know that you can't bear fruit just by yourself. Look at your life these past 80 years, Moses. You've been an Egyptian. You've killed the Egyptian. You've been banished. You're in Midian. You're doing all these things. So how did it work out? So you can't bear fruit outside of me. So when Jesus comes on the scene, John 15, he gives us a clear-cut message you cannot bear fruit on your own. In order to bear fruit and do what I need you to do, you have to be connected to me. It has nothing to do with you. But what we've almost subliminally taught people is that, yes, it is about you. And we won't say it out front. We, we won't say that. But it's almost like this silent message of you, you, you kind of have to know all this stuff. You kind of have to be. You kind of have to. You kind of. So then people find themselves not being what we expect them to be, and then they won't serve, and they won't love, and they won't disciple, and they won't teach, and they won't do all these things. Why? Because they understand the subliminal message that's been given out. I can't because that's what everybody says. Everybody says I can't. I'm just this. This was my past. So basically it's almost like we put ceilings on people because you weren't here like us. This is basically the highest you can go. So here's what, here's my question, guys. Are we doubting what it's really like to abide in the vine? I know I have. I've doubted what it's like to abide in the vine. Because when you abide, it's hard to put it in words because I'm still, I'm still trying to get it to, and I'm still uh, working through and studying with it and, and really seeing how this works. But when you abide with the vine, there's so many images in Scripture. If you abide with the vine, the power and the glory that God can get through you is unreal. I want you to see, and this changes this verse for me. Again, go go to Ephesians, um, 
Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Um, man, this is this is rich. Ephesians chapter 3, we gotta start. We gotta start in verse 14. We got we gotta do it. All right, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. So Paul is praying for the Ephesian church here, and notice his prayer. And this is my prayer for you, as I hope it's yours for me as we conversate. Verse 14. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he, being the vine, John 15, and if we're attached to him, not me, Paul, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, not what you can provide or not what you can bring to the table. And to be strengthened, because you're connected to the vine, to be strengthened by his might, by his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ, being the vine, might dwell in your hearts by faith, so that you, being rooted and grounded, and what was the command in John 15? That you be rooted and grounded in love. This is crazy. Now, it gets richer. Verse 18, so that when you, who you feel like you're so inadequate, I'm just this, I'm only this. This is basically my ceiling of where I could go with God. Everyone else is doing, this is my ceiling. Notice what God can do with you for his glory if you're connected to the vine, following his command, doing what he says, and not focus on what you bring so that you might fully be able to understand with all the saints that are connected to the vine, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height so that you can truly understand the love of Christ. Here's the thing. Let's start real quick. Guys, we truly won't be able to understand the love of Christ if we're truly not connected to him. If we walk through this life in some type of, even if it's subtle, even if we don't physically verbalize it, if we walk in this life with the, with a subtle level of pride because of my accomplishments, because of who I am, because of my last name, because of my network, because of all the people that I know, because of all this stuff, that's how I can bring glory to God because I've built this up. Again, you don't have to say it out loud, but even if you walk that way, you truly won't get it. You just won't get it because that's not what it means to be connected to the vine, to be connected to him and to know that it's outside of me. It's outside of what I can bring. It's outside of my knowledge. It's outside of what it's outside of me. If I'm just connected to him. This is how I can truly know how to love God, but this is how I can truly know how to love everybody else. Verse, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, interesting that he brings that up, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now watch verse 20. Now unto him, who are we talking about in context? Jesus. Now unto him, and who was our vine, John 15? Jesus. And what commanded Jesus slash the vine give us in John 15? The new commandment that I give, that you love one another as I loved you. Now, if we connect ourselves to the vine, when Jesus says to go do something, when we're connected to him, regardless of what you think you are, I'm just this, I don't have this, I'm not this, I'm not that. 
if you are connected to him, now unto him, he's the one that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think for his glory. This is not about him elevating you. This is not about him elevating your name. This is not about him giving you everything that you want. This is about him and his glory. So if you're attached to him, you can do things with him that you would never think is possible. The world wouldn't think it's possible. He's just a single guy. How is he supposed to, how is he doing that? She's just a, she's just a single mother. How is she, how is she excelling? He's just this. They're just that. They're just, what, what's going on? It's not me. It's not you. It's who we're attached to. Unto him, verse 21, unto the vine, be glory in the church by Christ through Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. So look at what Paul is saying here. Guys, please, this is my prayer. No matter what you do, stay connected to the vine and follow his command. And what is the new commandment that flipped the world upside down? Up to that point, what was the command? Love one, love, love thy neighbor as thyself. But how did Jesus flip the world upside down? Don't love your neighbor as yourself. Love as I have loved you changes everything and guys let me tell you something that's enough it's enough so look at what look at how Moses is learning this lesson in Exodus 3 Moses don't tell me don't tell me what you're not with me tell me who you are so now let's go back now look at how the conversation look at how it um it shifts okay verse 14. So what will I say? What am I going to do? I'm concerned with what everybody else thinks. Everybody else thinks I'm inadequate because of all these physical reasons, because of how I look, because of what I don't have. Everybody else thinks I can't do what everybody else is doing. Well, so I can't really serve you because I'm concerned about them. What are they going to say? When you're connected to the vine, what should be your concern? Verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. So isn't it interesting? What's the first question that Moses asked? Who am I? What did God say? It's not about who am I. It's about who I am. (laughs) Oh, think about that. It's not about who am I. It's about the I am. I am that I am. And God said, This is what you will say to the children of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So now it's so beautiful to see this transition of what of what's happening. Then Moses in chapter four continues to feel inadequate and you have this back and forth battle. And here's the thing about it, guys. So many of us are in the same position as Moses and it takes time. Because, and it takes time for me, I've been in this back and forth battle with God. I can't, I'm not, I can't, I'm just a, everybody else says I'm just a, I can't. And you go back and forth, but you forget who are you connected to. And God is so patient and he's so long suffering. He will battle with you in your inadequacies through your prayers. 
Lord, I just, I just can't. Lord, I'm not, I don't have what everyone else, I can't be what everybody, I can't. I'm not adequate. I, I just, um, I'm, uh, you know, you can feel I'm washed. Uh, I'm not the same. I've I, I made so many mistakes. Uh, I'm a failure. I, I'm, I'm just a simple guy. I don't know much. I can't. And the Lord will sit there patiently as God does. And he'll sit there and listen to you. But he's going to give us the same things as he did to Moses. Remember, who are you connected to? You're connected to me. And when you're connected to the I am, it doesn't matter who you are. That's so beautiful, man. When you're connected, John 15, Exodus 3 and 4, when you're connected to the I am, it doesn't matter who you are. And God shows that image throughout scripture over and over. Remember how women were deemed as as basically uh, just just humans to make children that I mean they they had no role they had everybody it was almost they were demeaning women God had a role for them God had a role for so many people I mean he showed it he didn't it didn't matter about age it didn't matter the Lord used everybody that was just connected to him don't tell me what you're not the Lord it's about time the Lord is saying tell me who you are now, remember in 1 Peter chapter 2, us being a royal priesthood. So we have to remember who we are as well. And the beautiful thing about this, guys, as we're studying, as we're looking through this, the journey to understand who we are, I mean, it, it takes it takes a while, but I'm just going to let you guys know just currently where I'm at right now, um, I've had the ability and, and the privilege, I'll I guess that's the best word. I've had the privilege to be a part of people's lives here and be in their homes and um, and understand their uh, their glories, understanding their struggles, understanding their problems, understanding their difficulties, being with them through their journey, all of these things. And to see what we've seen in, in just a few months, the, the change, the difference, the 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 strength. It, I mean, this it's it's incredible, but it's not. It's nothing to do with us. It's about being connected to the vine and wanting others to be connected to the vine. And so here's how. And I don't want to sound. If you know me, you know I don't mean it in this arrogant, um, prideful sense. But knowing what we know now from John 15, Exodus 4, 1 John 1, we can go on and on and on, 1 John 2, all these things that we've looked at. If you're connected to the vine, verse 20 said, now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Instead of through this life up to this point, trying to make things happen or Whatever you want to do, it's almost like you pray for it. You pray in confidence because you're connected to the vine. And then after you pray, because he can do above all that you could ask or think, I think now it's just our job to prepare. That's just what it is. And when we prepare and when we believe that he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, 
I can just let you know just from personal experience the the stuff that he gives and um what he will give you to prepare you it's it's ridiculous i mean it's it's unreal it's really unreal and it's something that you even on your best day it's something that you couldn't have even conjured up on your best day on your on your peak day as a human being physically emotionally you just couldn't have made it the way that he does you can't and it, some of us kind of have to go the long way to understand that. But I'm telling you, when you're connected to the vine, it is worth it. Doesn't mean that you're exempt from problems. Doesn't mean you're exempt from pruning. Doesn't mean you're exempt from bad times. Doesn't mean you're exempt from hard times and trial and suffering. No, most likely you're going you're gonna to gain more fellowship with those things. But just as you gain the fellowship of his sufferings, you also gain the fellowship of his love too. They, they come together. So, guys, maybe moving forward, maybe instead of in your prayers and even personally in your own thoughts, maybe instead of when we talk to God and when we talk to others, maybe instead of saying what we're not and what we can't be and what others think we can't be or or what others think we can't become, maybe maybe you just focus on being connected to the vine. And when you're connected with him, amazing things will happen through the pruning process, through the suffering process. It's unreal. But this is why I think I understand a little bit more why Paul says you got to endure this, though. In order to get where he wants you to go, in order for him to use you, in order for him to um, to to fellowship in his sufferings, but also to fellowship in his in his joy, that your joy might be full, 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. In order to do that, you got to take you got to take what comes with it but when you take what comes with it just endure just just hold you know i think about psalm chapter 1 and if you're watching the video like i'm i'm holding this uh water bottle here but i think about psalm chapter 1 and you know i think about the psalm that we sing i shall not be moved and i think about that tree that's rooted the vine it's rooted into Christ. And I just think about the trials and the wind and the storm and all the stuff that tries to knock that tree down. But that tree just holds on so tight to the vine, almost to the point where it's just, that's the only option that I got. The book of Job. That's it. I don't understand. Even though, even though he slays me, I will still trust in my vine. I will still trust in the father. Really quick. Here's how I want to close this. I heard this uh, the other day. I thought it was a pretty good example. Um, and I'm going to preach a sermon on this. I don't want to reveal it because I don't want to do it yet, but I'll preach a sermon on this. But I heard a uh, someone talking about like Moses and the children of Israel and how they were brought into the wilderness. And when you think about the wilderness, sometimes we wonder, why would God direct us there? You know, the Lord being our shepherd as Moses was their shepherd, why bring us into the wilderness? Why take us into barren lands? Why take things? Why add things we didn't want to be added? Why make things more difficult? Why, why, why do all this in the desert? And why take, why take us into this, into this space? You know, you remember in Job chapter one, where the battle between Satan and God was evident, and Satan, God told Satan, "Have you not consider, have you considered my servant Job?" There's none like him. Have you considered him? 
I want you to think about this for a moment, where you are and where, where I am. The desert, the barrenness, the dryness uh, of your life, and the things that the Lord has allowed without doing anything, the things that just didn't seem fair and he didn't say anything, the things that just didn't seem right and he just wasn't there, all those nights, all those prayers, all those tears, and it just like he wasn't there. You know, he didn't he didn't come through for you as he seemingly has for others. And it, it's to the point where it has um, become a weight to you. It's at a point where your faith is is weaker and you don't understand why would why would the Lord do this? It just doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's a beautiful thing because I think what God wants us to do, I think he wants us to trust in his nature. And I want you to think about the pride and the joy that Job or that God had about Job. He knew the destitute desert that Job was getting ready to go into. But God knew Job to such a level where God told Satan before the attack, have you considered him and there's none like him? Whether he has it or whether he has nothing, that man right there, no matter what people say about him, no matter what, no matter, it doesn't matter. He will always trust in my nature. And I trust him enough for you being the evil one to test him. Does God trust you enough that you trust in his nature, regardless of what he takes away, where he leads you? That the Lord himself can boast about you to Satan. Because why? That man right there, that woman right there, you can do whatever you want to them. Whether whether they're their brethren, whether they're not, it doesn't matter. He will always stay to the vine. Now give him your best shot. And it's still not going to work. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that the Lord himself, the creator of this world, can have so much faith and trust in you. And I don't know about you, but when you get knocked down, when things don't work the way you want it to, when things get really dry and hot in the desert that the Lord may be leading you. One thought that always helps me is I just don't want to let him down. And by quitting, it's not going to, it's not going to do anything. Don't let him down and hold on to that vine. Don't tell me what you're not. Tell me who you are, man. I I really hope that that can encourage you. And, And maybe we can help you out again. Reach out, reach out. We're here. DM, personal page, uh, Facebook page. I mean, it doesn't matter. DM, you, you'll you find a way. The people have found a way to come. So, I mean, just be a part of what we got going on here. If you if you know somebody else that might want to hear it, send this their way and let, encourage them. Be a be a supporting branch for them as, as all of us are trying to be connected to the vine together. So, um, man, I appreciate you guys, everything you guys do, your support. Um, Again, let, let's all stay connected together and let's keep learning, let's keep growing, and let's keep uh, journeying together. All right, so Lord willing, um, we may be back next week depending on weather. If not, there there may not be video, so just look out for audio. 
uh, next week. Uh, but Lord willing, we'll, we'll try to get right back on track uh, going into this year, but also finishing up this year, going into the next. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And we'll see you guys in. Thanks, guys.